power just makes a person more of themselves, right? I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Welcome back into the Superverse. Welcome back. It's been a while since we've recorded. Uh, Since our last episode, we have moved out of our old apartment slash two-room recording studio into a house, and we have just come fresh off the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Indeed, and to prepare, we watched uh, episodes four and five again. Yeah. Just to refresh. Yep, gave ourselves a bit of a reminder of what happened, and actually, uh, within the last week, we watched the first three episodes again, so we are feeling pretty caught up. You know, we've seen those first three episodes three times apiece now, Uh, so I think we have a pretty good bank of knowledge to be working off of for this one. This was a pretty satisfying finale, and we have a lot to talk about. But just like our last episode on the show, we will go through, we'll talk about episodes four and five first, because those are some juicy ones as well. And we have a lot of thoughts about those that we've already fired off to each other and to our friends, Um, but there is no shortage of hot topics. Yeah, they wrapped this up a lot cleaner than WandaVision, for instance. For sure. That was nice, but um, yeah, I mean, there's still... Things that are going to be happening, so it wasn't like. But definitely not in the same way. Like the stories of Bucky and Sam are, you know, they don't have anything pressing at the moment compared to how we left Wanda at the at that post credit scene in Wandavision. This felt more of like an all encompassing, you know, mini series for sure. Done and Wandavision felt like season one. Mm leaving it on a cliffhanger to introduce season Which two. Which is interesting because now it seems like, well, there is some news about this, but this was seeming like it had a higher chance of getting a second season than WandaVision did. WandaVision has now been submitted for uh, Emmys for series. limited series. Yeah, I mean, I don't to... think WandaVision's coming back. It, that's just kind of how it felt. At the I end. agree. I agree. We'll see how they can wrap it up in Doctor Strange. but So we can go ahead and... Kick, off, kick this off with some of our thoughts on episode four, which is the whole world's watching. And obviously that's a that was a big turning point. Um, coming off from what kind of felt like I enjoyed it, but in season um, <clears throat> in episode three, which was our little side adventure to Madripoor, we come back to the John Walker story and it takes quite a turn. I mean, I think episodes three and five were my favorite. Yeah. Um, but so you noticed right away season four was a reference. Yes. Or sorry, uh, episode four was a reference. Uh, yes. Um, and I don't, I'm sure other people have noticed this too, but I am pretty sure that the title of the episode, The Whole World is Watching, is a reference to the scene in Black Panther where Black Panther has chased down Ulysses' claw in the streets of... South Korea, I think, and basically, you know, goes, claws out, has wrecked his car, and is about to get revenge on him in public. 
before he is notified by Okoye, I think that he is surrounded by people that have their camera phones on him. Um, but unlike a certain character in this show, he <laughs> has some restraint. Oh, and I mean, it's appropriate too, because this is like the most Wakanda we get in, is in this episode. Yeah. And it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a flip on the perspective that we have with those characters in Black Panther. Their whole point, you know, the whole world is watching not only because of the ramifications of what T'Challa was about to do in that scenario, but the international relations side of things with Wakanda being right. a new player versus the U.S. being, you the know, same old, the de facto, same the, the old world player. police just popping up again and again. Um, but it it also, this episode starts in Wakanda six years ago. Yes. With some, I would say, excellent acting from Sebastian Stan. Probably his best in the show. He gets to really just, he doesn't say a, a word, but, you know, he really, really yes, he shows off. He talks. Oh, okay. A little bit. He talks a little bit. Yeah, but he's yeah, not exactly doing a monologue. I mean... Sebastian Stan, I think, is acting... I mean, everyone's doing a great job, but I think Sebastian Stan is doing um, the most like act, like emotional acting, I guess. For sure. He's doing a lot series. of heavy lifting. And that was a fantastic scene. I did enjoy uh, people's... My reaction, some other people's that I've seen on the internet. You know, we start off that episode with a shot of Wakanda the city. <laughs> and then pulling out to the jungle around it and people's reactions that I saw that I thought were funny were just like, nope, we can't film there. Like that's, no, our, we have a good budget, but we don't have that good a budget. Bring it out here. But it, you know, it makes sense. You don't want to risk activating Bucky in the middle of a crowded metropolis, but. Right. And like that they had that, that character be the person doesn't quite fit with everything, but it's also like, that's fine. Right. Not. I can I can accept that that Bucky and Io have like a good relationship that we mostly were just not privy to. Well, I mean, she wasn't in Black Panther, right? Well, no, I mean, she, she was, was just in Civil War. No, she was she was in Black Panther, but she didn't have any lines. Oh. <laughs> she was, I think, she was just. Let me fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure that any scene that the Dora Milaje were in, she was there. Okay, but. She was, when they had Okoye on the scene, she was taking a complete back seat. And so I'm sure that that actress was happy to, you know, have some more stuff to work with. <laughs> yes, she was in Black Panther. But, yeah, not in a major capacity. So it was nice to see her come back. And something I have just been parroting from other people that was has been reinforced over these last couple episodes in particular is that this show really feels like a sequel to Civil War directly. Obviously, taking into account all of the movies that have happened since then, we get Zemo, we have Io, it's all this stuff about the Winter Soldier's like brain programming and stuff. It feels like we have just left off, and Sharon, all those characters that we hadn't really explored in depth since the uh, Captain America trilogy ended. Is and that was very welcome. Is Civil War a Captain America or an Avengers movie? It's a Captain America movie. Feels like an Avengers movie. Yeah. But, you know, people have feelings about that, understandably. As soon as Tony Stark showed up in the trailers for it, honestly, as soon as he was announced, people were saying, 
Why isn't this an Avengers movie? Yeah, it's not a Captain America movie. And it's about Tony's story, but that's another podcast. Totally, totally. You know, I think they should have just done it, bit the bullet, said they have five Avengers movies, and then give us another Cap movie that's, you know. But, yeah, that's a lot. So, we have that Wakanda scene, which is a great way to start off episode four. And then, what do we jump into after that? Well, I have a larger question that, I mean, it is an order of the episode, but Zemo basically is trying to make his point known to Sam and Bucky that Carly's too far gone and that, in fact, he calls her a supremacist. And I just wanted to put that on the pod to kind of talk about Carly's role in general, especially in this episode where we get the big fight with the... Yeah, I mean, that was a fascinating discussion. And I really was, you know, I was happy to see Zemo kind of have a moment to at least give a somewhat deeper dive into his philosophy about this whole thing. Um, and I do think we got we got a bit of it in Sam's discussion with Carly. I'm sure if it had been allowed to go a bit longer, we would have gotten some more insight into that. But yeah, I mean, do you agree with Zemo's hypothesis there? If you take the serum, you are a supremacist? Um, no. But I do agree that it's dangerous and that Carly is not a safe person. Definitely not. To have doing whatever she's doing, even though her intentions are She had gone through severe trauma. You know, all of this stuff that I wish we had seen, you know, more of rather than just having Carly and other characters tell us how bad the conditions were in the camps and stuff. That does not make an ideal candidate for the super soldier serum. And I, you know, I get why they took it. You know, they were at a disadvantage and they thought it would level the playing field a bit. But if, yeah, if you're not in a good place in mind, you know, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. It's, and we saw that with John, but I enjoyed that conversation with Zemo and I, Enjoyed also that when confronted with the idea of Steve having taken the serum and not ever really having been corrupted by it, he was just like, touche. Yeah, I still have a note. I said this to you before that I think that they put Steve on a pedestal too much in this show, Um, especially juxtaposed to like how we're just like being introduced to Isaiah Bradley and like, He's this guy who's been in jail and like he also wasn't corrupted by the serum, but we keep putting, you know, the cap like it's just it's just playing on that. Like, of course, the perfect white guy is perfect. Like, I don't know. They just keep hammering in like that Steve Rogers was perfect. And I don't even think Steve Rogers would want to be seen that way. No, he wouldn't. And he wasn't perfect, but. You know, when you take everything into account, it kind of evens out. I think they were, the writers of the show were not going to, like, dump on Steve. 
they were. I don't. Think and I'm not that's even I, necessary. You know, but like they were. I do agree with you that they were probably a little worried about what it would look like if they were trying to like take him down a peg. Because think, that's what they would have had to do. I just think all Zemo would have said was, you're right, and he didn't even need, like, the serum to be, like, who he is, I right. guess. Like, I think the point still stands that, like, the serum is bad news bears. Right. It's just the same as anybody saying that power corrupts. Well, we get some interesting lines about power. Yeah. Um... Uh, then they're, like, going in the camps and stuff. Sam and Bucky, probably the least subtle people. Um, I mean, they're like, none of them. They're just wandering know? around. Donnie Madani just, like, yelling it. Like, Sam's a little bit better about it. Bucky just, like, walks up to people and he's like, Sam is yelling through the, like, halls. and Bucky's not even forming complete sentences. I mean, he's not either, but, yeah, so you have them doing their thing, and then you have Zemo walking around like a fucking creep in his trench coat and Turkish delights. Don't take candy from him. He's singing, like, little black sheep. (laughs) Like, that was so creepy. Come on, man. Like, where were all the adults? They weren't like, all right, please... Get the children out of the courtyard. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> he has more candy. Um, I think the standout scene in this episode, if we're not talking the fight scene at the end, which is obviously the big turning point here, the discussion between Sam and Carly is really good. And I wish that John hadn't messed it up so we would have gotten a bit more time to explore it. But it was... I think a way that they were able to relate Sam back to his days as the counselor, the therapist and being able to talk, you know, about grief. If, if he hadn't been careful with his words at the beginning, when Carly is accusing him of being condescending about Donya Madani's death, you know, it could have gone off the rails that easily, but he is very much, you know, able to relate and, be an easy person to talk to and I was asking myself you know if if he had truly been there alone with that whole entourage not until like what would have happened in that scenario I mean that part I do kind of agree with Zemo like I don't think she was ever gonna come around to what Sam was saying yeah but like what do you think would have happened if that if they hadn't been interrupted, you think it just would have come to an impasse yeah. and they would have left it there. I mean, I think you're right. You know, she had already, I think if anything, she'd already blown she up the one building angry with him because he was being reasonable and then would have probably started trying to, you know, fight him or whatever. Kind of like the last scene we get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there was no way, I guess at the end of the day that he was going to be able to successfully talk her down. Just, Made me wonder because it seemed like he was starting to get through to her at some level. You know, maybe it would have changed her mind about killing the hostages, something like that. But I guess I think a lot of the problem that I have, like with this hypothetical and all, is I thought Carly's character was a little bit flimsy. Um, and we don't get enough, I, or at least I didn't get enough to be like, I sympathize with you to excuse these things. Because we never saw her, like, you know, she monologued a lot. Yeah. We didn't see her interact with Madani 
before she died or, you know. Right, we only saw her with her group. I, I also think that Zemo is wrong that it's the serum that is causing, like, what's happening with Carly. Like, I think it's the serum, all the serum is doing is, like, giving her the power to do what she already wants to do. Like, I don't think it's that the serum is corrupting her. Like, I think everything was there, um, I guess, is how. I agree. And I don't. Yeah, I tend not to buy into the thing that, like, the serum is, you know, to a certain point, the serum will mentally affect you, but only because it gives you, like, I don't know, like, like literally extra strength in, like, what you believe in. So it's giving you that, like, it's going to take you over that hill to, like, do what you otherwise wouldn't have had the willpower to do. I like in this episode in particular, they're like laying the groundwork for Walker, like kind of going crazy, like paranoid almost. He's like talking to himself, like Wyatt Russell's acting is crazy good because even before, like he kills the guy. That's what yeah. I mean. This is even before he takes the serum. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's doing like this like head turn thing, and he's like kind of twitchy, and it. it really sells like the kind of you know the headspace that he's in and the, the stress that he's under and it's subtle I yeah. think I think he does a really good job that being said Wakanda came in just in time to punch him in the face which was very much needed he's gonna a little too big for his britches that fight scene was great and I was a little surprised that the Dora Milaje were just trying to kill them. Were they? Well, that's. I think that's why Bucky and Sam intervened. I don't think Bucky and Sam needed to intervene. They, well, whether or not, you know, but like each time we saw them try to stop somebody, they had knocked John or Lamar onto the ground and were going to stab them with the spear in their chest, which to me... The, the way that they were intervening was like, oh, they're trying to kill them and they have to stop them from killing them because they do what they want. I think the Dormalaji are very um, restrained individuals. Women. They do, but they still seem like they're going to kill them. Well, <laughs> they're like, we don't like you. Um, so that, that was also a hypothetical, like, what if Sam and Bucky had just chilled out on the side? We would have had another international incident on our hands. I think they would have just scared him. Well, I guess we'll never know. Um, that was a great scene, and I really enjoyed Zemo sneaking off in the back. Takes his time to finish his drink, and then closes both doors at the same time and sneaks out under the tub. Zemo was such a great addition to this show. Even if he's not like a great person, he was a great... Uh, character for the series. Yeah. I was hoping he would, um, you know, we'd get a little teaser for where he goes after this, but I can wait. Hopefully they bring him back. Um, and speaking of him in this episode, I really admire how, you know, of course there was never any question of Zima's commitment to his ideology, but when he picks up the super soldier serum vials that Carly drops and then immediately <laughs> starts stomping on them, you know, it's kind of nice that there was no 
There was no question. I, he, he took a minute and was like, yep, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I think that was his best contribution. Oh, yeah. Like, he, <laughs> you know, that's like eight or nine super soldiers that he just prevented. For for any side. Like. Mm-hmm. And it, it would have been better if he had destroyed all of them, but, you know, John conked him out with that shield. Um, when did John have time to take the serum? So I had a, a separate related note. I think time in this show is unclear. So within that period where they get beat by the Dormelage and limp off, I'm guessing that the scene where they're sitting at the table and John's like, there were, you know, like, would you do it? Mm-hmm. That's, I'm, I'm going to give that a couple days after they get beat by the door. Or at least the next day. Like yeah. they, they are changed, you know, they're doing their thing. And then, you know, I'll give it another day until they uh, go. And John has already taken the serum and they get into their big fight. Um, so I'm imagining, and I thought my note was that. Is I he just, drinking well, it? I, like what's happening? It's unclear. And I thought it was interesting <laughs> to not show it. Yeah. And I, but I liked the way that they revealed it. I'm guessing I, he was, was just, he's sitting reveal. at a hotel being like, should I do it? And then he just drinks it. I also like that the reveal is done through the shield going through a yeah. wall. Like and, symbolism. And I also just loved like, just speaking in terms of like the shot, you know, he throws the shield, it gets stuck in the wall. He presumably... Well, he already he threw the shield, beat up the guy that was attacking him, and then you just the camera stays on the shield lodged in the wall as he walks out to it, and I, I thought that was really cool. And then we get Sam's reaction, and he's like, "What?" Sam's reaction is funny. Um, the line I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about power is Hoskins' line: "Power just makes a person more themselves," mm-hmm. which I think is at first I was like. I don't know, like when he, when, I, when we first watched it, but watching it again and seeing all of these different people that have taken the serum or just have power, and I think that's like the most poignant line of the series. Um, power just makes a person more themselves. It yeah, it cuts to the core of the whole thing about the super soldier serum. You know, there's a. <laughs> There's a big area where, you know, that, that serum can either be a really good thing or a really bad thing. And I think it tends to be towards the bad thing. Um, because most people are not infallible. Yeah, well, because it's like, it's not the serum that's affecting, like, Carly. It's the power that she has from it. Right. She feels invincible, so she's going to, you know, she wasn't... Which I guess is maybe what Zemo is saying. Yeah. It's not the actual serum. Like, if you're not on that serum, you're not going to feel empowered to take these leaps like they are. Right. Whether it's good or bad. And I think that's what he's trying to say about, like, supremacy. It's like, you have the power, and so you're wielding it. I agree. I agree. Uh, on other people. But the the moment I was like, I'm done with Carly, was when she threatened Sarah and the nephews. Yeah. I mean... I would just like to ask the writers, like, what what do you want me to think of Carly at the end of this show? Because, like, she has blown up a building with people in it, and then she threatens an innocent woman and her children, basically. So, like, 
What are you going to do to make me To sad? get Sam to meet her. Yeah, I got, I got some questions. Like, but... at first I thought, like, this is an interesting conversation between Sarah and Carly. And then for no reason she was like, I also, I know where you live and I know that you have children that I can kill, essentially. I would have preferred, well, you know, like you just said, like, if she was genuinely just calling to be like, is your brother working for this new Captain America? Oh, I understand. Bye. Hang up the phone. <laughs> or even say, like, I want to meet with Sam. Like, there was just no need for that. And that's just, like, going to further push Sam away. If right. If you're trying to recruit him, which apparently is what she was trying to do. They went too far in making Carly, like, a villain. And as much as I liked the scene where Sam was like, I understand your fight. Because, like, the struggle that she is participating in is, like, valid. But, like, they were just making her too too villainous when she didn't have to be. They didn't have to have her do these things. And I think her character would have been better if it was, like, maybe in the last episode out of desperation and, like, knowing that she might die, she starts to do these things. But, like, instead we see her make these calls and her whole crew is blasé about it. They're not even blasé. They're, like, too... Uh, like, they're afraid to question it, but I don't think they're afraid of her. They, I think they're afraid of questioning the movement that they've signed up for. Because they're, like, too far gone? Not too far gone, but they're, like... Or invested? Yeah, too... Yeah, invested, I guess. It's kind of like a, well, like, we can't stop now. I guess, yeah. I feel like that's, like, a cliche but like like we're, we're too far like we can't turn back but i don't even think they want to turn back i think they're just like well we've tried other things so this has like she must this must be right like this must be the way yeah yeah, um, yeah you're probably right i don't know how carly became the de facto leader she, she's like clearly the youngest this is we needed an episode about it like, we that really did. That would have been really good to have. And I think you're right. I think if we'd been shown more what they were fighting for, it would have been more impactful. We needed another episode or two. Yeah. Just really just a couple small things that could have been fleshed out, but they did good with six, but they could have used more. Um, so, not, you know... Kind of generally speaking, not a lot happens in episode four. We get a couple sequences. We get quite a few fight scenes. Yeah. And of course, the last the last fight scene is the big one. Um, I gotta say, the person that came up with Sam's like jetpack being used as a weapon must have been so proud. Oh, like they, when he did that the was fire his, in the face. Yeah, that was his cool new move. A general note was that there weren't... He wasn't flying enough in the series. No. But I did like how he used his wings when he was in fist fights. Like, I yeah. thought it was, like, using it to, like, get himself off the ground and stuff. But the kind of people that they were fighting, it didn't make... It didn't make sense for him to be in the sky all the time. Also, I don't think they had the budget to do that. <laughs> yeah, they blew it all in the first yeah, scene. Yeah, Which was great, but I'm like, when are we getting more flights it's <laughs> okay that'll be in the movie yeah so that fight at the end is the big one 
Um, and the whole situation is bad. John and Lamar are not exactly working very well as a duo. Because John just, like, stays at the bottom of the stairs and Lamar (laughs) wanders off into another room. And And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I guess that's, like, normal. Like, I'll go this way, you go this way. But does... And do you think Lamar knows that he's taking the serum? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Because I feel like it was... If they would... It was an interesting choice for him to not take it on camera. But if they didn't have him take it on camera and Lamar knew about it, then I would have a problem with it. And no line was said. Yeah. Like, no knowing. Yeah. But I think he was a little ashamed because of the way that he got it. Right. And he wouldn't, wouldn't, he didn't want Lamar to know about it, so. And he kept it for himself. Yeah. They could have split it. <laughs> what happens when they have? <laughs> um, yeah, so we get Lamar's death. Which is really rough, and we were just saying that they cut back to him mm-hmm. after, almost as if, like, oh, maybe he's still alive, but it, like, wasn't. Yeah. And that was, that made it so much worse. I gotta say, like, most of the death scenes in the MCU are not super graphic, or at least if they are, they're not, like, realistic. So this one was really brutal in how it's just like that, you know? It's so sudden. And it's like, you see him get punched, and you're like, ooh, that looks like it hurt. And then he hits the the thing, and you're like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Before he you even hits the ground, it. you know yeah. he's dead. Um, and I love the way that they did the sound design after. It just kind of, mm-hmm. like, goes to, like, a white noise. And the only person talking is John, and everybody else is just like, we got to go. Yeah. And I just, I loved how they did that. The first time we watched it, I was like, oh shit. And like, Sam and Bucky know that. Like, this is bad. Because he's already so unstable. Um, and of course, we get that final image with him in the bloody shield, which is pretty that's gonna be, powerful. Yeah, that's going to be an iconic shot. That whole thing was pretty crazy. That was a. Wild way to end an episode. Yeah, and the season, or I keep saying season, episode five picks up right right away. Yeah. Which is interesting. I do have a bit of a... Episode five is kind of all over the place, but... They cover a lot of ground. And it has, like, to me, it's a parallel to episode one. You start off with a fight scene, and then we go and we explore all this personal stuff. But it's better done because, you know, there's more. The plot's moving forward more than it was in the in the pilot. I mean, I wanted this episode the from the very beginning. Oh, I, mean, I wanted the emotional, I wanted the romance, I, you know. I think it's romance the be- <laughs> This is the best episode of the show to me. Even better than episode 3? Yeah. I loved episode Episode three. 3 was great, but no, it was I think the most fun. I think this one is just overall the best. Um so I like to imagine that as soon as this episode starts, you know, John fucking books it out of that plaza. Everybody's watching and he just goes super soldier speed and they just have to chase him. Uh, and somehow they get away from everybody despite being incredibly conspicuous. Um, this is also a pretty good fight scene. Yeah. Oh, this was... I have more comments about that. But I had said it out loud when we were watching and I was thinking the opening we have 
when John is running into that warehouse and he's flashing back and we're getting some thoughts read out loud and him thinking about Lamar and stuff, I was theorizing that maybe the nature of the crime that John had just committed was evoking memories of the whatever incident it was in Afghanistan that earned John his three medals of honor because he had said to Lamar in episode four that that was not really something that felt like right. Like deserved a medal, yeah. So I was like, maybe this is bringing back some memories that, you know, that, that PTSD is being triggered right now. Do you think that he was, he disappeared in the snap? I don't know. I mean, we get nothing yeah. Telling you either way. I'm gonna guess no. Yeah, same. I feel like no, but they, yeah, they really avoided it one way or the other. I guess it doesn't matter, but, you know, I wouldn't think if he was gone for five years, he would be a prime candidate. Right, exactly. Um, so in the fight scene, I don't think it's a coincidence that he hits Bucky so hard that he hits a pillar almost identical to how Lamar died and I was like wow we just mirrored that so shortly after you know if and it's like you don't know your own strength like essentially what Carly did because Carly didn't mean to yeah well she meant to kill John not Lamar right but like she hit him out of the way right yeah I mean Sam got off lucky because if Sam had caught one of those punches that Bucky got, he would have well, been... he had his wings on. Yeah, but, like, when John hit him with the shield so hard, isn't him flying backwards, normal person... <laughs> a normal person would not have survived that hit. No doubt. Um, so, before they start fighting, they have a little conversation. And... We get, we get a couple quips from John throughout the series. He's like, you guys should go see a medic. You don't look too good. And I was like, okay. And one of the things I noted here was, once again, Sam is putting on his counselor clothes, and he has John, like, in his head about it. You know, like, you made a mistake. Like, we can work through this. Yeah. But then he's like, you got to give me the shield. And it's just like... Sam says to John in episode two, he's like, so is that last line when he's like, I want cap sidekicks. If he hadn't said it, they might've been in the clear, but then it made it seem like it was, it was about the shield and it was about the Captain America thing. And I, I do think it was a bad call to say that even though it's I think he just wanted to say it. Like, I feel like in Sam's head, you know, maybe he wasn't, there was a lot going on. But he, like, knew, like, you shouldn't have that. Right. You gotta, but, you know, rationally, Sam no. Sam it, like, <laughs> it's a symbol, it's a symbol. But John's like, oh, you're jealous? You're jealous? You want it? And he's like, bitch, it was offered to me first. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this fight scene with all three of them is the best fight scene in the series. Um, and I am hoping for more fight scenes that are choreographed like this in the MCU. I just really liked it. It felt what what was important to me about it was even though you had Bucky in his arm and the shield and Falcon with his wings, it felt very real and practical. I mean, you know. Like a fair fight. Yeah. And it was like, okay, these are three 
well, two super soldiers and one very, very <laughs> able person. But, like, it was very clean. You could see what was happening. The punches, like, felt like they hit hard. I was like, I, this is well done. So hats off to the fight choreographer for this scene. I think it's interesting having Walker use the shield in, like, not as a shield. He's using it as a weapon, which we've never really seen before. I mean, I know that the boomerang thing is classic, but that's not really using it as a weapon itself. It feels different. He's, like, literally wielding it to, like, come down on you, like, not just how he killed um, the one guy, but, like, he's doing it in different ways where it's, like, being used as, like, a knife or something like that, which Steve Rogers would have never done. No. And obviously, he does try to kill Sam in the same fashion. And I gotta say, Wyatt Russell does the dead slash crazy eyes so well. When he rips off his helmet, he's like, I am Captain America. Like, there's nothing there. I was like, great job. Because then he pops up again later, and it's like, oh. Yeah, there's some life behind those eyes still, but, like, for a minute there, it doesn't feel like it. And then he rips off the wings. Yeah, pretty brutal. And that's a whole thing about... Sam, uh... Definitely ups his fighting skills, but, you know, if he ever gets pinned down by a super soldier again, they might not be able to rip those vibranium wings off, but he's not going to be strong enough to to get off the ground. But does this mean that Torres is going to be a baby falcon? I thought we were going to see more of that. You know? I know. He took the wings with him. Where the hell are we going to see Torres next? It's going to be like three years. But I, I'm hoping that he will have a career like... Uh, What's his name from that showed up in WandaVision? It was an Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Yes. I, I, People not, would love that. Just like come come back for like a random movie, and you happen to have these wings. So. Oh yeah, he's great. I was happy to see him again because he had dipped out of the show for a couple episodes. I mean, he would have had nothing to do, but. Right. He's an easy character to bring back because he's just like in the military and they bring the military in for everything. So. Yeah. Um, so we get this fantastic scene with Wyatt Russell at the hearing, which I thought he was really getting to show off his acting. Um, because, of course, like we're going into that scene not liking him. He's fresh off killing this flag smasher and... Kicking Bucky and Sam's ass, almost. But yet, the way that that senator guy is, like, talking to him still was just... I don't know. Like, you think about John having been, like, this soldier and basically gave up his life to be a soldier and clearly has regrets about it that he's not publicly voicing and he's just, like, loses it. And I think it's so good. When he's slamming oh, yeah. his fist on the table. He's been, like, fantastic. putting out this, like, facade for so long. It's, like, he can't keep it together. Yeah. And he, like, not for nothing, he lost his best friend, like, in front of him. And I think part of the reason why he goes after the guy that he does is because that guy was holding him back. So I think he feels like it is your fault that mm-hmm. he died because I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, even if it wasn't him, it was, you know, it was the next best thing for him. Um, 
So I loved that scene. But then we get the best cameo that no one so knew was coming. Unexpected. Yeah, I had only seen things being like, oh, there's a secret cameo in episode five, and it's played by a familiar actor, and it's an existing comics character, and everyone was like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I don't think anybody gets this. Julia Dreyfus. Elaine. Elaine has joined the MCU. Um, Feels like a character from a different show. It, she reminds me of a character from Umbrella Academy, the handler, Kate Walsh's character. Yeah. In some ways. Totally. But you're right. It does kind of feel like she's not really. So, who, I, so who is she from the comics, I guess? I have a very mixed understanding of it because I never heard of her. The um, Countess. Uh, Contessa Valentina yeah. Allegra de Fontaine. I think that's right. Uh, possible Hydra connections. Sure. <laughs> possible connections to another organization named Leviathan. The relationship was Nick Fury, oh, kind of, kind of villainous. I definitely villainous. Ask. I was wondering if she was gonna link to Loki at all, but I think I was just thinking of Umbrella. I, I think she's supposed <laughs> to link to Black Widow. Weird. She's just like. Who is she working for? Because well, I thought it was going to come back that she was working for the power broker, but... Yeah, I think... Which she might mm-hmm. still be, but... You know, I don't know. Maybe we'll get more in Black Widow or something, but I think she's forming a team, and in my theory, if Ross had been power broker, not Sharon, she would have been working for Ross, forming a team of, like, anti-heroes, like, like we see with, like with Walker. And, yeah. But the opposite. Exactly. Uh, and there's a multiple teams Suicide like squad. that. We, well, yeah. <laughs> the, the Marvel comics have multiple teams like that. There's the Dark Avengers, which is normally led by Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, so probably not him. And there's another one called Thunderbolts, and that's what people thought they were going to be doing. Because usually Zemo which is they part still of could Thunderbolts. Be. Yeah, yeah. But like not... It's the same deal as WandaVision. I thought there was going to be more hard setup but it's more of like a rough blueprint which is easier for them yeah um so my favorite part of that whole scene really because i have i don't know how i feel about her dialogue because it felt like you know i think they wanted to lighten it up after the whole scene but i was like i don't know about this like, like this, this isn't a real this person. doesn't this doesn't feel right but when she I gets up and, i love it too but i was like you know in the in the context of that one scene but when she gets up and john's just like sitting there <laughs> he looks at the business card and then it's just staring at the like at the floor like not processing for like 10 seconds i was like this is all of us having just watched this scene well it helps that his wife is there to because she's the audience she's like who the fuck are you like what's happening which is really that person's only role like i don't even think we get a name for her or maybe he says her name i don't think so like yeah talk why about why even introduce her as a person like i don't that was just very yeah. odd another episode if we had gotten one more i will take one more episode kind of half devoted to carly half devoted to john and his personal struggles and her personal struggles I think, or they could have just looped that into episode two more. Yeah. Um, there are ways that they could have done it. But yeah, she was definitely, she was barely a character. And I was expecting to see like, 
maybe a scene between her and John after he killed that flag smasher, you know, because I'm sure she had complicated feelings about it. And I'm sure he told her the same thing that he told Lamar's family. Right. Um, so there's the Zemo and Bucky scene, which my only real note about this is, um, the slow-mo bullet drop felt dramatic and not necessary or appropriate for that scene. That was in the trailer, and I swear to God, they shot it for the trailer. Like... There was no need for the slow motion. Uh, like, just drop the bullets. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, is this supposed to be a bigger deal? Is this supposed to be a reference to something that I'm not remembering? I think it was just supposed to be Bucky being like, I don't have to do this anymore. So I'm going to just be like... I guess, yeah, it's like a moment for him. I, I really like Bucky and Zemo's relationship. I agree with you. Generally speaking, I, was, I thought that was a cool shot in the trailer. And then in the show, I was like, well, this is weird. But they had a nice scene. And I wonder I if... I like that he made good with Wakanda. Because I was like, please don't... I'm surprised that they forgave him. They are yeah, like, sure, you brought us back to him. But, like, don't break him out of prison again. He killed our king. I think they understood what he was trying to do. And I think they trust him. I mean, he's he's the white wolf. They probably yeah. shouldn't have put Zemo in the raft, though. Uh, why why did they put him in the raft? Is this... Are they just trying to make, um, like, the raft happen? Like, I don't... <laughs> well, probably yes. But also... Is this a Spider-Man what movie? I like, what's <laughs> happening? What I saw from folks was that, like, Zemo did not commit a crime against Wakandans. He did, but he blew up a building not in Wakanda. So, you know, they never say it, but it's like if they were just to take him and throw them into their custody, maybe the place that had previously had him in custody would not be happy about it. I guess the raft is, like, supposed to be somewhat neutral. Yeah. It's, like, fine, but it's, like... It felt just kind of contrived that they went through all this trouble just to put him... In a like a non not even there prison yeah, I do think they are setting up the raft. I think something is going to happen with that. I'm expecting more people to get thrown in there, <laughs> and uh, someone will come scoop them up. Val. Um. Yeah. Probably. Um. I'm at the uh, Isaiah Bradley scene. Yeah. Uh. This was another great scene and let me say that like we were talking about steve being put on a pedestal and i got really nervous for a second in this episode because i love steve rogers as captain america and i'm like he's a he's a cool guy and they have he's a neat guy oh god they have Sam be like, Steve did Didn't, not put you in jail. And then it cuts and I was, was like, oh, fuck. I was like, please do He's not like, Let tell me, show me you something. <laughs> Steve Rogers did not get Isaiah Bradley put in jail. Because uh, that would have been, I mean, obviously still rough. No, instead it was just like not so subtle, like references to like Tuskegee and all of the other like yeah. atrocities that um, the medical profession has done against black people. And 
a literal reflection of what Steve did in the first Captain America movie. Oh, breaking his team out. I mean, this was very different, though, I feel like. Well, they both had buddies that were trapped behind enemy lines in a POW camp, and they both heard their higher-up saying, Steve heard them saying, we're not going to go bother getting them because we can't do it. A little different, because Isaiah Sapir's were like, we're going to blow them up to hide it. Okay, I misunderstood. I thought that he was saying that they were all in a facility and that they were, he... Like, they were going to blow up the, their own facility with the people in it. Oh. I misunder... I miss... Yeah. Yeah. He okay. was... He hadn't been captured. Isaiah had not been captured. No, I know. Yeah. I thought none of them had been captured and that they were uh, going to blow up their own facility and that he was going to live because he was doing fine. But, gotcha. like, they were like, we'll just get rid of... I gotcha. Okay. Yes, then you're totally right. Yeah. It's very, very similar. And, like, in that movie, Steve literally comes back to camp and he's like... I understand that this might mean a court-martial. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, nope. Right. But for Isaiah, they were like, no, you're not getting a court-martial. You are being erased from history. Yeah. And so that was an incredible scene, and it really made me happy that the show decided to delve into these discussions. I also like that they didn't leave it as they did with him just being like rightfully so, but like really bitter and just like very anti Sam doing anything with Captain America or anything like that. Like it left it on such a disheartening note and like we'll talk about it, but yeah, they really kind of come back from that. I, I think in a hurtful way, but totally. I agree. Um, so the last good bit of episode five is we have Sam and Bucky down in Louisiana. Yes, I put on the bayou. Heart, I put the heart face emoji in my notes. Bucky showing up. So good. I love that he is like so like he's like beating around the bush on being like, can I hang out? And Sam is like, yeah, like, where else are you going to go? You're going to go sleep in your apartment with no furniture? I wonder he's going to get a hotel. Um, yeah, it's just sweet. Like, so this is the romance, bromance, you know, however you want to look at it, that everyone's been waiting so for. And, so like, good. this is honestly, like, what they both need, but when we're thinking about like Bucky's whole therapy journey, like Bucky just needs to do some like hard labor and like not be so like in the present. Like that's just something that like, it doesn't matter what like time period you're in almost. And obviously it's like really cathartic for Sam and he's like working on his own shit that way, but yeah, it's just really nice. And the therapist would be so proud and I'm sad we didn't get more of her at the end. I'm glad that she did. You know, they, they she brought her. We in. saw her, but yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no, un, no loose ends. Nope. Yeah, this whole like they crammed an impressive amount of stuff into this episode, and when we were watching it, I was like, oh yeah, like this. We have this stuff with John. We got this the scene with Julia Louis Dreyfus, and now we're going back here, and like all yeah. this, we get a lot of character moments. We didn't even touch that on that, you know, Walker just straight up lying to Lamar's family and like that whole visit in general. But that felt 
It felt icky. That it's, whole scene felt icky. It's and not like, good. The mom being like, he was so proud to say, next to you. And I was like, I just, ugh, this is like, I don't know. And I assume. I can't really put words The woman it. there who is Lamar's sister was like, you are so full of shit. Exactly. And she is in such a bad place because she can't say anything to her parents. Right. Being like, you know he's lying, right? Like, did you see the video? Yeah, yeah that was rough. Um, and then my last note on episode five was just that the, the last conversation with Sarah and Sam, and I think Sam already kind of came to this after his conversation um, with Isaiah, but Sarah kind of gives him permission to like, take up the shield in like a really nice way yeah I think. yeah in their own way and that's like the person that like sam really needs to hear it from like no one else's opinion really matters to him such a fantastic idea to like have this relationship for sam and made him so much more of like a fleshed out character yeah it's kind of like what they did for hawkeye but like in a much better way yeah it's like this oh like this if, is like a real person if hawkeye had <laughs> had a movie between like, when we saw him in, like, instead of when we saw his family in Age of Ultron, you know. Um, loved that for them. So good. So, what do we end on for episode five? That's well, we get the training montage, which is great. Yeah. And, and the we moment see Sam's stunt double. Sam's stunt double doing his flips. I think... And then it ends with, like, the attack starting. Yeah. Well, one thing that I want to note before we move on to the finale is that it's always been like a topic of discussion how it's been two years since Endgame came out, which is nuts. But um, really six years well, in yes, the... in universe. Um, when Steve leaves to go back in time, we don't know it, but Bucky knows it. Yeah, I, that was weird. And I'm they, glad you're bringing that and up. And they confirm that in this show. Because in the movie, it's like... I'll miss you, buddy. Like, they're having, like, this whole thing. And everyone else is like, yeah, he's going to be back in two seconds. But, like, you know that, like, they... Bucky knows. They know what's going on, even though Sam doesn't. So I was glad that they confirmed that, like, off-screen, Steve and Bucky were like, yeah. It was still a weird line. It was given... It was a weirdly worded line. It was like, when Steve and I talked about this, like... I don't think, like, I don't know. It was just like, uh, we're just trying to, like, fit this in. Right. Which is which, fine. But... but I also thought that was a very important line. And I thought that was, like, you know. It just I, felt kind of forced, I think. It, well, that was forced. But I think it was very impressive to have, you know, we're at a point where you have. It's so ridiculous, the concept of this. Like, this, these two white men that came back, that came in time forward from the 1940s are now talking about, like, racial politics in the 21st century. But, yeah, it, like, worked. Like, he was so genuine about it. And it was like, there's no bullshit. It's like, we we didn't know what it meant. And, like, we're sorry. Or, like, I'm sorry, really. Because, right. obviously, Steve's not there. So I really loved that. And watching people on YouTube watch the episode, <laughs> everyone was just like, like, wow. Like, that is just... Some self-reflection. And I think it kind of explains more why... Bucky's so upset about it because like Bucky was part of that decision in a way um and I I do think that helps make sense that puzzle piece a little bit more even though we like understood but gives us a bit more oomph behind it 
All right, so episode six, it all comes together. Um, do you have anything you want to say to me about something that was revealed? Uh, I mean, I didn't say this guess on, on the podcast. Yes, but... but Molly had correctly predicted Sharon as power broker, and I was a denier. To be honest with you, still wish it was the person that I guessed, because I don't think this is working too well for me and my preferences for this show, but... You were right. Sharon is power broker. I and you were like, explain to me like why she is and your theory, which was like still fun that it was Ross had no, there was no evidence oh. of that whatsoever. Oh, it would have been so out of left field. I had to prove why I thought it was yeah. Sharon. Yeah, people would have been like, what the fuck? Like, where did Ross come from? I forgot he existed. And just part of that, I'm just gonna toot my own horn. Like, I feel like I correctly predicted. Her hiring the French guy to be a spy for her. You did. Because you, you were did. like, why would she have done that if she was the power broker? And I was like, clearly she wants somebody on the inside. You did. You were two steps ahead. And I thought it was going to be a woman because they kept saying he. Well, hats so, off to you. Thank you. I'm not wearing thank a hat. Thank you. That's all. That's all. There's nothing left to talk about. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Subscribe. Just kidding. I don't have any notes. But should we talk episode. about Sharon I'm just going to freestyle it. Sure. Let's or do just... you want to start somewhere else? No, we can talk about Sharon. I mean, I just went on my okay. rant about that. All right. But, Let um... me just get up on my soapbox here. <laughs> uh, not really. But You want to so... talk about timing? Mm, I just... Well, let's start with that, the timing. So I think for the power broker, we both thought that it would have been somebody that had been literally gathering power during that five years and that they had been they didn't blip right and like, we know that sharon did dust yeah i'm i'm checking this i looked it up you uh, confirmed why well, i saw I, multiple articles about it i just you know it doesn't make any sense to me like it seems a bit contrived and like we're gonna we're gonna make this like a twist reveal for it to be someone that we already know, even though it was hardly a twist. Like for for you, you had so much ammunition. I was just hoping it was somebody else because I didn't like it as a plot. Also, I think Sharon's been was in Madripoor for longer, like before Endgame. So as she was she already like run. established herself, and then disappeared and when she came back i guess she kind of like reestablished ties and that's how she was able to so quickly rise in that six yeah months. it just i guess all it really comes down to for me is i don't like it i don't like it as a plot i think it's fun i think, I think it's like cool that sharon's like not the like she's not maria hill you know <laughs> yeah like i get what you're saying i was just hoping that like, I knew I didn't think it was her, but I was like, I hope that there's something, like, more complicated going on that's going to connect to something else. But, like, I just... I Like, liked, this is the complicated villain that know, you wanted like, from Carly, I but liked, you didn't get. I know. I liked Sharon as, like, this, like, art thief mob boss type. I don't know about her being, like, an international, like, weapons dealer. But if I see her in more stuff and I'm convinced, I was just... I had such a good... Like you said, not based in anything that's happened, like headcanon for Ross having a vested interest in having the super soldier serum that I was just hoping that was going to be the plot because he's 
is commonly the head of the Thunderbolts team in the comics. So <sighs> Ross is doing this, and he recruits John Walker, which makes total sense to me for them to work together. Yeah. Um, but you know, so when, ju- John Walker is just like, what's his name from the incredible hall. Oh yeah, totally. I forget the character, Tim Roth. I forget yeah, the character's Tim name, character. but you know, um, I'm open to seeing what happens with, with Sharon as this character. It's, you know, it's so open-ended. Oh, for sure. And I just, I think it's so playful cause it's, she still cares about, Bucky and Sam, even though she almost like screwed them over, but I think it was like very calculated, like how she was playing it, like in that last scene, because she was like there on the scene, but like she did, she was the one that gave the what's his name the weapons, mm-hmm. um, but she was also still like had their back. Like I don't know, I just think it's really interesting that she's not, she's on her own side, kind of. Why did she? lead them to the scientist in episode three. I don't think she thought that he was going to be killed because I think she, she was counting on Bucky and Sam who are not going to just kill or definitely Sam. So she just wanted them to go and find out from him, get information from him on where they could find the doses that Carly had. Right. Yeah. I but think like, so. She knew Zemo. Maybe she's just, not the greatest strategic mind of our time. She knew Zemo was there and she knew that Zemo wanted to kill super soldier people. I feel like she could have put two and two together that maybe I shouldn't lead the guy that wants to kill all the super soldiers to the guy that's making all the I super guess, soldiers. But like that was bold of Zemo to just straight up kill him like in basically in cold blood like that. Like I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah. I mean I'm not I'm not in that scenario. I'm just gonna pick holes in it because Also if her yeah. goal was to get that part in so that she could get an inside into the I government guess that, like she was playing Sam the whole I time. I guess if that was her endgame, it, it makes a bit more sense. But um so. But also maybe she was just like, This isn't gonna happen with this guy. Like yeah. I'm done with him and like that was just washing her hands of it, but I think she was definitely upset that that happened. Yeah. So, like someone on Reddit wisely said, I am not expecting Sharon to pop up in any of the series. I don't think she's a scroll. Some people think she's a scroll. I think that's dumb. I'd rather her just be like God, a, I new, hope not. a new character. This is just you know. fun. Um, I think she will pop up in the Don Cheadle show, Armor Wars, having sold some Stark prototype weapons that got acquired by the military after his death to unsavory powers. And I think we will see her again, and that probably won't be for another two or three years. So bye, Emily Van Camp. It's been fun. I just like how sneaky she is. Yeah. I mean, like, I've... My feelings about the plot aside, it's really cool to have her back as a character and they're doing more with her in this role than they would have if she had still been a goody two shoes. Exactly. CIA like that's kind of boring. Agent. That's yeah. that's what we get from Maria. Yeah. I just yeah. I'm interested to hear what more people think about it cuz I don't know if I'm on the minority thinking like this is going to be really cool, but Yeah. It's probably mixed. I just dug my heels in about my own thing, so I'll work through it. 
Um, Did you want to talk about John Walker's role in the sure. last episode? So this is a whole thing too. Um, we have two big episodes focusing on the atrocity that John Walker has committed. He murders Nico the Flag Smasher in public in front of a ton of people, uh, knowing that he was not the one that killed Amari, did it anyway, goes to trial or whatever you want to call it and gets stripped of his title and all of and his benefits pension, and stuff. which was rough. Yeah, so you get nothing for your time served. Tough shit. Uh, gets recruited by maybe Hydra, maybe someone else shady. Um, maybe. Lies to his buddy's family about the uh, circumstances of his death and builds his own shield. Creates his own shield out of tin. I just guess whatever balsa Perfect wood laying around. Also, um, he's a welder in his spare time. So. <laughs> <laughs> John Walker built this in his basement. Um, we have not had the time. There's no arc. No. We leave from Sam and Bucky basically like kicking his ass and also getting killed themselves to like having banter with him. In literally the next episode, with no interactions in between, it sh- if they saw him roll up on the scene with a fake Captain America shield, they would have been like, "Get the fuck out of here!" But they're like joking around with him and stuff. It's super weird. I think that he means nothing to them, and I'm- especially now that he doesn't have the shield. I think that they're just like. Oh, like they're used but, to people fighting them. Like that's not a big deal to them. But he has, he's like still besmirching the Captain America. He's running around in his Captain America costume. But they with, know that everyone has seen him for what he really is. So like, they're not worried about him. But they're him. working with him. No, that's my problem. I mean, like, he's like, he like talks and like him and Bucky like walk I off know. and they're like, oh, like it's not a good quote when you say it. I'm like, what? Like, you were, like, at each other's throats, like, two days ago. But look at how they were with Zemo. Like, they just have been whoever's around, like, and, like, even how Sam is with Carly, he's like, I'm not against you, like. Like, I get it, but, like, it just seemed a lot more personal than, like, him and Carly's thing, um, just because of, like, how the shield has affected both Sam and Bucky, and it just felt like there should have been a moment previous like prior to this episode where they meet up again and they're like, yes, you fucked up, but like, you know, and have a talk and be like, I am not Captain America. Like I'm not, I don't have the shield. Like I'm not cut out for it. I mean, he doesn't think that. I know, but like they just went from like two different points of the character. I think you're right. And it didn't mesh to me. I still enjoyed his moments if I like disconnected from being like, this doesn't make sense. I could have done... I could have done without him. Yeah. Um, but I, this is kind of a cliche, but I do feel like as soon as Bucky got to like basically beat him up, he was like over it. <laughs> I mean, like, he probably okay, was, but done. you know, it just, it, it is questionable to me that he committed an act that was like, we're going to strip you of all of your benefits and whatnot. Like the, but that's the, not them. The United States government 
But they don't, of all, I know, but he did something bad him. enough for them to disavow him, and they're like, we're still cool, bro. We're going to hang out, and we're going to fight with you. I, it didn't sit right not, with me. They're not saying that. Like, they're tolerating his presence. Like, yeah, they did I, with anyone else, basically. I guess. It just felt like it should have gone... They were already tolerating his presence before he killed a guy in cold blood. It just felt like after that, it should have... The relationship was not on that level anymore. I mean, they're trying to, like, help this girl that's, like, purposely killing many people, many innocent people. Like, that's just not their M.O., I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't sit right with me. I think that they know him. Like, they get what happened, and they get what he's about, and they're like, we don't like you, we don't care about you, but, like... We know you're going to be here. Like, you're not leaving. We tried to get rid of you. We also know now that you're a super soldier, so maybe you'll actually be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably come around on it. I mean, I don't think you even have to. Like, I think it's... Like, it is important, like, what you're saying. Like, I don't think they should just so easily be so blasé about it. But I also don't know if it was meant to be, like... That's significant. I guess. I would have And I think they just were like, well, we have to have him come back. (laughs) Yeah, someone I read was like, I don't think he's going to come back for the finale. I'm like, That would be a weird ending for him. I, you know. Although I guess with that post-credit scene, you could have just waited and like been a teaser. He wanted to come back for Carly. Like he I know, but I'm saying like they could have done that as a teaser, I guess. I guess. I could go in circles around it, but. You know, like, Sam had all these thoughts about, and Bucky had all these thoughts about, like, the shield getting left. And, like, no one talked about how it was, like, they took it from a black man and gave it to a white man. Like, Sam didn't have, Sam never said anything about it. Like, it was implied. But, like, you wouldn't think that, like, he would want to have words with John about this. Or just, you know, I I don't know. It just. They didn't take it from Sam. I know, but, you know. Like, yeah, Sam gave it to them and then it was given to another, like, white guy that. It's it's all moot, you know. I think for Sam, like, Sam doesn't even have to say that. Like, right. I know he doesn't have to say it. It just didn't... It just felt he like... He doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. It just... Their interactions to me did not feel earned. And, like, his redemptive moment did not feel earned. I'm like, you've not... Not at all. You've not done enough for me to root for you in this moment. Also, I was pissed when he started, like, moving that truck. And I was like, are they going to give him this hero moment? And then they didn't. I was like, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, never mind. This show knows what it's about. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what else do we have? I mean, they obviously... Just have, like, the touching moments the at the end. Sam's Captain America outfit. We oh, talked yeah. about the ramifications of a Captain America suit made by Wakandans, because I just feel like that's interesting. Because it's also like it's black like black Captain America. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, well, it's not ramifications. Well, kind of has. I didn't mean it in a bad way, but yeah, you know, you it's not, you know, a suit or a shield made by the United States government for the express purpose of it going to a Captain America. It's. It goes with the shield. You know, the shield was made by them yeah. too, wasn't it? The this new one, or like this most recent one? I don't know. That shield is the one that Tony... Steve brought back from the other timeline. Oh. Tony brought him the original shield that Steve left with him at the end of Civil War. He like cleaned it up. But isn't that vibranium? Yeah, it's all, it's all vibranium. Yeah. And that, that one was made by the government Uh-oh. or by S.H.I.E.L.D. 
I think, back in the day. Or SSR, before we shield. But, yeah, I think it's... For a for a black man to be Captain America and have the have the suit be made by like the most prominent like African nation in the Marvel universe is very that's a statement in and of itself. And I thought that was really cool. Plus the suit is just pretty cool looking. Yeah, I thought that they were gonna have it be like that kind of nanotech stuff, I guess. Yeah. Or even how they do Black Panthers, but they kept it kind of classic. Yeah. Like old Iron Man almost. Yeah. Not as clunky. Starky, but not too starky. Yeah, I really liked it. Loved it the well. wings. Yeah. They're really these When the, he like locked in so like Curly couldn't kick yeah, him, I was, that was like, super oh, cool. that's cool. Yeah, they're they're uh, two for two on the suits in these Disney Plus shows between Wanda's and this. Yeah, and I think it was, it probably wasn't necessary to have, like, Sam train with the shield, but they did, and I was like, that I like that, that they show that he's, like, working at it because he's not a super soldier, and, like, the difference between him and, like, John, who's just like, yep, this is given to me, like, yeah, this is my privilege to have this. It was a nice touch. Of. And it's like, no, I'm working towards this, or, like... Not even for this, but, like, I'm, you know, earned this kind of. Yeah, like, it's not my right. Like, I have to. Yeah, totally. And people have been talking about that since he handed him the shield, being like, well, he's not a super soldier. Like, how the hell is he supposed to use that? It's (laughs) got to be super heavy. Of course, it's comic book physics, but it was nice to kind of have them acknowledge that, like, yeah, he can't be, like, throwing it around like it's nothing. Like. This takes practice. But the best John Walker line that I laughed at is when he says, they're not even super soldiers. It's the most pathetic thing that anybody <laughs> says on this show. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, this episode was mostly just a lot of action. It was well done action. Um, there were a lot of touching well, moments. Yeah, I'm just thinking like the, all the action in the beginning. We get another... Sam versus a helicopter scene. They really yeah. like this in this show. Yeah, we got more flying in this. Of course, we have the reveal of the power broker and Carly. And I, I actually thought that that worked really well, them establishing right away that they had this relationship. Like, that didn't feel shoehorned in. Like, it, it kind of made perfect sense. Yeah. And Carly had mentioned going to Madripoor. Right. Or in an earlier episode. Again, this probably worked better as, like, a reveal, but, like, would have been super cool to see that as a bit of a background. You couldn't have done it without spoiling the Sharon power broker thing, but you know, that's a like I would have loved to see what that scenario was like. Was she like a bodyguard or something? Just like hired muscle, I guess. I guess, yeah. Well, I think they probably were doing like missions, quote unquote, like yeah. getting stuff and um I saw someone on Reddit noted that Bucky does a Steve move when he like does a stoppy on the motorcycle and throws himself into mm-hmm. that flag smasher. Is I that think a Steve he, I thing? Think, well, he does that in Winter Soldier. I thought Bucky he, did that in Winter no, Soldier. No, Steve does when he's leaving the shield base mm-hmm. and like he's being hunted. He like stops it and flings himself onto it. Gotcha. Because I know Bucky's he likes the motorcycle. Yeah. 
like a yeah. winter soldier does. So that was a fun little touch. Um, I mean, just the whole Isaiah Bradley wrap up mm. is just really sweet. Little teary eyed, like that was, seeing that statue yeah. and everything. And that was really good closure for that. I mean, I think the Isaiah Bradley thing was the most touching plot arc of this entire show and it was very very well handled the only thing i wanted to see because you said that it might be teased was the grandson like lift something that's like really heavy and just like be a hint that maybe it was like passed down or something like that they gotta do something with him i'm sure they will i saw that in the back well not even in the background but in like one of the scenes he's like playing basketball and i was like is he doing anything like super like in that that was like the closest we would have seen to something but I think he actually missed the baskets (laughs) (laughs) no one ever said the super soldier serum made you good at basketball yeah but I was like waiting for him to like kind of jump up or something like that I am very curious to see what they do with that because that actor like, didn't have a lot to do. He had more lines in this last episode than he did in the rest of the show and a bit more personality. Um, but they're setting up Young Avengers left and right in the characters that they've announced for the next couple shows and movies and between Hawkeye, Black Widow, uh, Doctor Strange 2, like, there's... And Miss Marvel. Like, there's all, like, these, like, younger or, like, teenage superheroes that are grouped up a lot in the comics apparently so that would be a fun concept for them to explore um the other wrap-up we got was like well one more sebastian stan acting like going to more why did they montage that i wanted the whole thing no i feel like it was better that way no i I feel like what can you actually like say i wanted to see like how that was responded to like i get that it was not great probably i know but i wanted to see it you know i wanted to see bucky do the work i didn't need to see it i wanted it i wanted it i was like oh they're just gonna because the the music was playing and stuff i was like oh god damn it they're not gonna because they had gone so much into it in the first i mean he started talking about it i know but i wanted more we saw it we saw what happened i know we know like i wanted to see what you know I just wanted to see it. I didn't need to. I didn't need to see a man hear about how his son died. Actually, I just didn't think it should have been glossed over as part of the montage. I don't think it was glossed over. It was given its no sentimental I, moment. I, I guess they didn't want to be like a downer, but I think there was a lot of emotional unpacking they could have done there, and they just kind of went by it in like fifteen seconds. You know, could use some more. But I'll take what we can get. I think that was my notes. Um. Oh, well, we get the return of Val. And they seem to be turning John into a bit more like he's, you know, they're taking his character in a lighter direction again, but they've got him in this black outfit now. He's properly U.S. agent. And it makes me wonder where his character is going to go from here. Yes, that is. That's like what he goes by in the comics. Black outfit and all. So people have called that since they cast Wyatt Russell as John Walker. 
I think most people thought he was going to just be that off the bat, but I just, you know, we've got Captain America 4 has officially been, you know, they don't have like the full logo announcement at all, but it's out there and Malcolm Spellman, who worked on the show, is working on that. Are we just Anthony dropping Mackie, so. Falcon from his name? Yeah, Falcon's gone. It's Captain America now. Yeah. I I just don't know why everyone hasn't gotten on board with my name, Captain Falcon. Someone said it in the show. Did you hear that? No. When he is, uh, like, after the whole... The crowd? When the, yeah, when people are around him, like, talking, I think someone was like, what do we call you now, Captain Falcon? Did he say that? Because I know someone was like, that's Black Falcon, and they're like, I, no, that's Captain America. No, I, I'm pretty sure someone said Captain Falcon. I love that. So... That's it's best of both that's worlds. That's my disability. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they do the updated title card, but Bucky is still Winter Soldier. I know. Are we shedding that? I mean, he is, but it seems like Bucky would rather not be noticed that anymore. That's what I mean. Like, so. He wants to be the White Wolf. Yeah. Which still feels not. I don't know. Not quite right. Captain America and Bucky Barnes. I mean, let's just let's just drop the names. He's just Bucky. It's just gonna be Captain America, and he's gonna be yeah, he's yeah, be doing his thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much all we have, right? I gotta say, the I was hoping for more from the post credit scene than the Sharon thing, <laughs> but you know. You gotta get on board. I thought that was great, and then her like sly. I, I do need to get on board. But I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I think she had I the wanted tears, and then immediately was like, "I'm in." I wanted something with uh, Isaiah's grandson as the post credit yeah. scene. So, but still, any any hints to future installments is very exciting to me because, as far as I can tell, a lot of the shows that have already been announced or movies that have already been announced, are not going to incorporate these characters. I'm like, you got it. Something's got to be coming that these characters are going to slot into. We just don't know about it yet. Um, what was your favorite or most badass scene from the movie? Or not the movie. Um, I guess we should do the last three episodes, four, five, and six. Okay. So... My most badass and or favorite scene would probably be um, the fight scene at the beginning of episode five. Mm -hmm. There, the fight choreography, great. The cinematography, great. The wrestling move finisher on John Walker with Bucky swinging him by the legs and Falcon... Basically breaking his back with the shield. Top notch. And they, you know, really showed how strong a well-trained soldier like John Walker with the super soldier serum is. Because he had them on the ropes. And it was, like, clear that he was a threat. And they had to really work to overcome him. Plus, all their performances, acting-wise, during the fighting was great. So, that's my vote. I think even though we didn't really talk about it that much, it was probably the one of the last scenes with the power broker being revealed, but then also like 
Carly trying to fight Sam and be like, fight me back. And like that last scene with Carly was, was pretty good. Yeah. That one hit hard too. And I think it was like the most appropriate way for her character to die. Like, I think we all kind of knew that she was going to die. Like there was no really There's no future for her character. Um, But I don't know. That was probably, that was a good scene. And the last scene with um, Isaiah Bradley seeing the museum. Yeah. Most heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, Which character would you want to be from this series? We got a lot to choose from here. Yeah. That's a hard question. Can I just be one of the people in Sam's hometown that are just, like, hanging out? Yeah. You can be that. All the characters, like the heroes in this show, are in very difficult circumstances. Um, what I'm about not... Sam? Sam's... Yeah, I, I guess I would probably pick Sam. But this... if we're just talking about, like, powers, we're not saying, like, you have to be that person. You're talking about, I think... Okay, if I don't have to take on other baggage and stuff, then I don't be Bucky. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Bucky's got... He's got the, the super strength and he's got the arm. Right. Like, what else do you need? Sure, you can't fly, but, like, I don't need to do that if I've got the... If I can run he that can fast. Jump yeah. And just yeah, land no, on Bucky's, his arm. Yeah, no, Bucky's got it made. If it wasn't for all of the Baggage. mental trauma. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, um, it's been another episode. Kind of a long one, but we had a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, this was a big one, and... Slide into our DMs. Episodes, yeah. And tell us your thoughts. Please. Into the Superverse. Please tell me if you're on board with the Sharon as Power Broker or if you thought uh, the writers should have heard what I said on the last episode and, you know, changed everything at the last minute. Yeah. Those are your only two options. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tough luck. Uh, we are super excited to... Keep watching the MCU movies. Keep watching other Marvel and DC movies. And definitely excited for whatever's on the horizon for the MCU lineup following this show. Eyes on you, Loki. Yeah. Yeah, we got just over a month, maybe. Probably about two months until Loki starts. That's going to be crazy. So we'll have a lot to talk about for that. And uh, this has been... Into the Superverse.